You have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at bethanynaz.org. I was uh, at lunch with a guy who attends our church the other day, and we were eating and talking. And, and we got to the point in the conversation where he was sharing some things, you know, about his life with me. And my phone was laying on the table, and uh, it lit up all of a sudden, and, it, and it's almost like a reflex for me at this point. Uh, I looked at my phone, and, and after looking at my phone and seeing that I had a text from somebody... I, I looked back at him, and, and I just sensed that he was maybe wondering if I was fully engaged with what he was trying to tell me. You with me? And I wanted to be fully engaged, and I felt like I'd gotten caught, and I was a little embarrassed. And so I took my phone, and I turned it face down, and I laid it because there was more room on the table this way. And I laid it down here, and I was trying to say to him, uh, that won't happen again. Um, I, I want to give you my full attention. Now, I don't think he was offended. I, I think it's everyday life for us in the world that we live in. It, it seems to me that we've come to a place that, that we almost listen better to people who contact us on a device than the person who's sitting physically in front of us. Do you know what I mean? And I think what it does is it begs the question of how good of listeners we are to one another these days. So, let me just tell you... Um, that my wife the other day, Annette, who is sitting over here, said to me, Rick, you're not listening to me. And you know what I said to her? I said, that is an odd way to begin a conversation. It's a really bad joke, isn't it? Yeah. Didn't happen, but this didn't happen. We were driving in the car the other day, and, and this has happened a few times, unfortunately. But the other day, she asked me a question and honestly, I'm just kind of zoned out and I'm thinking about something else. And I really didn't hear the question. And she finally says, Rick, are you thinking about how you're going to respond? Or did you not hear what I said to you? And, and I said, Annette, I feel so bad. You're right. I, I, I know that you asked me something, but I don't even know what you asked me. I was zoned out. But if you'll forgive me and if you will ask me again, I promise I'll give you my full attention and I'll answer your question. I'm sorry, baby. And, and just the other day, I was sitting in a room. She was leaning up against the doorway in the room I was sitting in. And she was talking to me. And all of a sudden, I just realized she just stopped, kind of like mid-sentence. And then just walked away. And I said, no, baby, come back. I'm sorry, please. I, I, I'm, I was trying to respond to an email. I'm going to put my phone down. And I really want to hear what you have to say. Will you please come back and forgive me and let me try to make this right? And she did. So I'm just confessing for me, okay? I'm not confessing for her. But would you like a microphone? Would you want to, no, nothing you want to say? Okay, anyway. I just wonder how good are we at listening these days to people? So I want to ask you in a moment to raise your hand if it applies to you, okay? And, and here's what I want you to raise your hand saying, yep, I know what this feels like. Do you know what it feels like to try to talk to somebody, to try to share your heart with somebody, to try to have a conversation with somebody, but they're preoccupied either with, a device or they're preoccupied with something that's happening over there or they're preoccupied with maybe what's going on in their head or they're preoccupied maybe because you can just sense it. They're waiting for you to stop talking so they can start and you feel like they're not hearing me. They're just waiting for me to stop. How many of you have ever experienced something like that from anyone else in your life? Raise your hand really high if you have. Okay, so I think it's about all of us. Let me ask you this. 
Have you ever done that to somebody else? If you have, raise your hand. There was more energy the first time we raised our hands. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand this time, but you also know what it's like, don't you? To try to talk to somebody and they hear you. And they listen. And they ask questions. And you walked away from the conversation and you said to yourself, I, I felt listened to. And, and I felt like I was heard. And, and, and I felt cared for. And I feel known. Because somebody truly listened to me. And so as we study about Jesus in this series, and today we're going to look deeply into his life. What we learn from looking at Jesus is something very simple, and it's this. That we can bless others by just simply listening to them. By them walking away from conversations with us saying, I feel like I was heard. I feel like I'm known. I feel cared for. I feel loved. And so as we think about how Jesus engaged with people, it's truly overwhelming. He had this simple strategy where he befriended people and he blessed them. He just, he just said, I'm going to make time and space for you. I'm, I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to hear you out. I'm going to spend time with you. I'm going to invite you into my life. There, there were times when people would say, Rabbi, where are you staying? And he would say, come and see. And he just spent like the whole day with them. You can just hang out with me. And so I think that we want to live that way. Sometimes we don't know how. And so I found a tool that I think is helpful. And it's a book written by Dave and John Ferguson. And they use a very simple acrostic called bless. And they said, this is what we saw Jesus do. He would always begin by praying. And last Sunday, we talked about how Jesus prayed. And I'm going to tell you that this past week, I think I have prayed with more energy for people who do not yet know Jesus. And I prayed that God would bring people into my life that I could invest in. And, and I hope this past week you've prayed more for people. And I hope this coming week you pray more for people. T today we're going to talk about how Jesus listened to people. And then we'll talk about how he ate with people and how he served people and how he shared his story with people. But to do that, I want to take you to the Gospel of Luke. And I want to tell you a story that's in the Bible. Okay, you ready? It's one of those stories where when you read it and you get to the end of it, I think it's kind of natural for a slight grin to break across your face. And for you to say, yeah, that's my Jesus. <laughs> He's awesome. Jesus is unbelievably great. And so he's on his way to Jerusalem with his disciples for the last time. And he says to them, boys, I got to warn you, it's not going to be pretty. They're going to hand me over. They're going to insult me. They're going to mock me. They're going to spit on me. They're going to flog me. They're going to whip me. They're going to kill me on a cross. But on the third day, I'm going to raise to life. I'm going to be raised to life. And the disciples were not sure what he meant by all of that. But on this journey to Jerusalem, they have to go through Jericho. And so Luke picks up the story there. He says, as Jesus approached Jericho, now on his way to Jerusalem, there was a blind man. And he was sitting by the roadside and he was begging you might remember that if you lived in Jesus' day and you were blind, you were, re you were relegated to that kind of life. You had to beg. You had no choice. That was your only hope for having anything to eat or survive in life. 
And so there's a blind man sitting by the road and he's begging. And when he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. It's like, I, I know there's a lot of commotion out there, but what's it all about? And they told him, it's Jesus of Nazareth. He's passing by. And so this blind man begins to call out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Well, those who led the way rebuked the blind man. And, and they told him to be quiet. And I kind of wonder what that was like. Hey, quiet, old man. You're embarrassing the city. It's Jesus passing by. But, but he shouted all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. This week when I read those words, I closed my eyes. And I said them with my eyes closed. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I, I tried to put my... Self in the position of the blind man. What is it like to try to speak in the direction of where you think the noise is coming from? And, and you wonder if anybody hears you. Jesus stopped. And he ordered the man to be brought to him. And when he came near, Jesus asked him. What do you want me to do for you? Lord, and I got a feeling he teared up when he said it, and his throat tightened, and his bottom lip was jerking, and he said, I want to see. I want my sight. I want to be able to see. And Jesus said to him, well, then receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Did you ever read those words and just think, just once I wish I could have been to one of those events where Jesus healed somebody. I would have loved to experience it. We have a daughter named Morgan. Morgan's 29. Years ago, when she was only seven, we moved to Cincinnati, Ohio. We lived there for 10 years. And uh, we, we, we had never had this happen with Morgan before. We were shocked by it. We were surprised. But one night, Annette and I are asleep in bed. It's two in the morning. And Annette wakes me up. Rick. And I said, what? And she said, I think I hear something. Do you hear it? And I said, no. We, we both listened quietly. A minute went by. Annette said, I, I heard it. Did you hear it? And I said, no, I, Annette, I can't, I can't hear anything. And she goes, you, it, it's, it's like it's a child. It's like a faint cry of a child. You, you don't hear that. I said, I, no, I don't hear it, Annette. And in a few seconds, Annette jumps out of bed. Typically, if we think something's going on in the house at night, we go together. I say, I'll follow you. And um, that night, however, she just jumped up on her own and took off. And in a minute, I hear her yell, Rick, Morgan's not in her bed. Now, it's 2 o'clock in the morning. Annette starts flipping on lights. She starts yelling for Morgan. I jump up out of bed. Annette runs down the stairs. At that house, our bedrooms were upstairs. She runs down the stairs. She runs into our kitchen. And on the other side of the door, 
that leads to our garage is Morgan. Calling out for her mom. Annette opens the door. And standing in her little short pajama pants and her little short pajama shirt, Morgan collapses into her mom's arms. So we, we tried to understand what happened. Somehow in her sleep, in her dream, she became convinced that her mom was outside. And I guess that it wasn't nighttime. And she goes down to go outside to find her mom. But somehow the garage door locks behind her. And to this day, we don't understand how that happened. She pushes the button to open the garage door. And so now there's scary darkness out in front of her. She tries to open the door to come back in because she's woken up, but she can't get back in. And she's crying and screaming for her mom. And so to say that we were startled is not adequate. We were a mess. And, And actually for a few days we were a mess. How did that happen? How can we keep that happening again from happening again? What do we do to door locks to make sure that's not a possibility that Morgan could be locked out of the house in the middle of the night if she were to get up and walk again in her sleep? It was all of that, but there was one overwhelming thing that we did. We said, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that Annette heard her when she was calling out. We can't imagine our little girl, seven years old, on a cold garage floor from two in the morning until we wake up the next morning to realize she's not in her bed when we go to wake her up. We can't imagine her living in fear all those hours in our cold garage. The reason I want to talk about this idea of listening today is because I believe we all know what it's like to call out for help and wonder if anybody is listening to us, if anybody is ever going to hear us. I don't think there's a person in this room who says, I can't relate to that, Rick. I think everybody here understands what it is to come to a place in your life when you feel alone, when you feel scared, when you're afraid, when you're confused, when you're hurting. To call out for help and you wonder, does anybody hear me? Is anybody going to come to rescue me? It's what happens in the story with the guy. He's, he's on the side of the road. It's, it's, it's a busy, busy time. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. But you understand that there are like thousands of people on their way to Jerusalem. And they're passing through Jericho. So the city is a buzz. There's crowds of people everywhere. There's noise. There's commotion. And Jesus passes by. And this blind man calls out to Jesus. It's interesting to me that the people rebuked him. Quiet, man. Why? I can only assume... Was it that they believed that he was too insignificant, this poor, dirty, blind man, this poor slice of humanity sitting over here by the roadside is too insignificant for Jesus to ever pay any attention to. So just be quiet. Nothing's going to happen good for you today. I don't know. But they told him to be quiet. And he didn't. And he called out again, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus heard him. See, I believe the stories of the miracles of Jesus are pictures of much deeper spiritual realities than in the words we read. 
And I believe one of those deeper spiritual realities in this miracle is simply this. That when you call out to Jesus, and when I call out to Jesus, he hears us. I don't know how you live my life, but this is how I live my life. When I find myself in a position where I really don't know what to do. Or I've got a challenge in front of me that's overwhelming me. Or there's a giant that I'm facing that I know I don't have the power to defeat. When I'm struggling, I call out to Jesus. I need your help. It's kind of like the God, son of David, have mercy on me. And what I come to understand in this story is that Jesus hears me. I believe with all of my heart that he hears me. And then there's many times that I just come to this place of peace and I say, I am going to be anxious to see what God does in this situation. Because I've called on him for help. We have to talk about faith because the story is about faith. And here's why it's about faith. It's wrapped up in the title. It's what the guy calls Jesus. He doesn't say Jesus of Nazareth. He says Jesus, son of David. So let me explain to you why that's a statement about faith. In the Old Testament, when they prophesied about the Messiah, the anointed one, God's anointed coming, they said he would have to come from the line, from the lineage of David. Matthew goes to great detail. He spends so much time tracing Joseph, the father of Jesus, all the way back to David. And then Jesus is adopted essentially by Joseph. Luke does the same thing. He says, look at Mary. Look at her genealogy. And he traces her line all the way back to David. And so when a person says, Jesus, son of David, they are saying, I believe that you are the Messiah. I believe you have the power to change the world. I believe you have the power to change my life. It is the title attached to a statement of faith of what I believe about Jesus. And so what do you believe about Jesus? And I suppose what you believe about Jesus depends on whether or not you will call out to him. When you're facing a giant or when you're hurting or when you feel alone or when you feel afraid. And just as a friend today standing here, I want to say to you, put your faith in Jesus and call out to him and he will hear you when you do. So let's talk about what we do with all of this, okay? We know that Jesus heard the guy. In the midst of all the crowd and the noisiness, Jesus heard him, right? I want to take you to the next step. Do you know what it's like to sit down and have a conversation with somebody and you really just want to pour your heart out to them about what you're going through, what you're dealing with, and, and you just want to kind of process, you want to talk, you want to kind of unload, but they kind of want to fix you. And so somewhere in the process, they say to you, well, what you should do then is, and that's not really what you're looking for. Has that ever happened to you? It happens to my wife a lot. Because she lives with me. 
And so I'm telling on myself today, but the other night, Friday night, we're in the car, we're driving together, and Annette is just trying to have one of those moments where she just says, hey, Rick, I'm really struggling with this. I don't quite know what to do. I don't know quite how to handle it. I'm thinking through it. And so she just begins to kind of unload, and I start to say, well, here's what you should do. Or have you tried this? Or have you thought about this? Or maybe you should just do this. And finally, she just says, Rick. I said, yeah. She said, I'm not asking you to fix me. I said, I am sorry. I'll listen. Jesus stops, the Bible said. What would cause Jesus to stop dead in his tracks? It's a great question. What could possibly happen today that would cause Jesus to just stop dead in his tracks? He's headed somewhere and he just stops. I can tell you what causes Jesus to stop. When people like you and I call out to him. And he says, bring him to me. I heard him. I was listening when he called out, bring him to me. And I think for those who rebuked him, awkward. I'm the one who told him to be quiet. And Jesus is saying, no, bring him to me. Just terribly awkward, right? And then Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? I want to say, hey, Jesus. I mean, don't you think it's obvious? The guy's blind. He can't see. You do miracles. I think you'd be pretty, you know, safe to just guess that he wants his sight back. But Jesus didn't assume. And he didn't go into the fix it mode. He asked questions. And he listened. And that's what my wife needed me to do on Friday night. I'm I'm not asking you to fix it. Just ask me questions and listen. I I, I think it's awesome when we celebrate these miracles that Jesus performed. I mean, it's it's, it's huge. It's it's beyond great. It's just incredible. But sometimes we rush to the miracle and we fail to just kind of stop and, and realize that Jesus is just asking this man a question and he's listening to what the man has to say. I, I, I like the story at this point because I, I, I kind of wonder, was the guy weighing what he should say? Do you ask for food? You got one shot, right? Do you ask for money? I mean, you got one shot. Do you ask for, you ask for shelter? I'm, I'm scraping to get by. I'm, I'm literally existing in this world. I eat very little, you know, or do you go for it? And he goes for it. He says, I want to see. I want to see. What do you want? According to scripture, Jesus is here right now. For two or three of you gather in my name, I will be there. 
Jesus, son of David, is here right now. What do you want? What do you want him to do for you? I think if I was you, I might consider just asking him right now. Jesus, this is what I want. I, I think we're at this place in the in the sermon where you say, so what, what what do we do with all of this, right? And and as we think about our lives and we think about Jesus and our desire to be like Jesus, I think it's really simple. I think we imitate Jesus in the way he listened to others. I, I think if we're truly going to have an impact in this world, it's not going to be because we only talked about me. I don't think it's going to be by being me monsters. And I just want to talk about me. And the truth is, I'm so wrapped up in my own life that I have no interest in what you have to say. I'm not interested in, I'm just talking about me. It's when we really begin like Jesus to lean in and listen and ask questions and not assume and not try to fix. You, you, you remember it was the prayer of St. Francis, the great prayer, when he said, God grant that I may not so much seek to be understood has to understand that my life won't be so wrapped up in people hearing and understanding me as it will be in me hearing and understanding them. A few years ago at breakfast, my friend Jim Priest said, Rick, I've decided that I want to be more interested than interesting. All my life, I've tried to be interesting to people. When, when now I realized what they really wanted and needed from me was to be interested in them like Jesus was. Jesus listened because he loved. And he expressed his love to people by this simple expression of listening. Let me close with a quote from David Augsburger, the former president of Fuller Seminary. He said, being, being hurt is so close to being loved that for the average person, they're almost indistinguishable. Being hurt is so close to being loved that for the average person, can't really tell the difference. And so do we want to be good neighbors? And change the world. Then let's pray that God would help us to become more like Jesus. Agree? Okay. I want to pray for you. And then after I pray, we're going to sing. And then after we sing, we have some people who are going to be baptized today. And so maybe a good practice for us this morning is to say, let's listen to their stories. Okay? You with me? So let's really lean in and listen to what they have to say to us. So Father, this morning, I pray in Jesus' name, by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you will give us the grace and that you will help us to become more like Jesus. Not seeking to be understood as much as we seek to understand. Not trying to be interesting more than we're trying to be interested. 
Help us to hear the people around us. And that they would become convinced, Jesus, that not only you hear them when they call out for help, but your followers, we, the church, we hear them when they call out for help. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as a church, this morning we have the tremendous privilege and honor and opportunity to be able to witness um, several being baptized today. We have actually have eight baptism candidates this morning. As these candidates enter the water uh, this morning, they are testifying to the work that Jesus has done in their life to raise them to new life. And as a church, we don't just sit passively and watch, but we also enter into this actively, uh, listening to their stories, welcoming them into the church family. But we also, in this moment, for those of us who have been baptized, we also remember our own baptism. And we reflect on the ways in which our own lives 
are a testimony to Jesus' work, raising us to new life in him as well. So the first candidate entering the water today is Jenna Kate Hatfield. This is her testimony. Pastor Gabby and Pastor Ken helped me learn about Jesus at church. One time during worship, I asked Jesus into my heart while we prayed. I want to show Jesus' love to others and give God praise with my words. Jenna Kate, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. Receive the grace and healing of our Lord Jesus Christ, and may the power of the Holy Spirit work within you, that you may be a faithful witness of Jesus. Amen. The next candidate entering the water is Landon Tyler Hatfield. I have been learning about Jesus from the pastors at church, a church camp, and from my mom and dad. I decided to ask Jesus into my heart last year. When I'm having a hard time, I ask God to help, and I thank him for everything that he does. I want to do my best to follow Jesus and obey him. and the healing of our Lord Jesus Christ, and may the power of the Holy Spirit work within you, that you may be a faithful witness of Jesus. Amen. The next one entering the waters is James Carter Hatfield. I came to know Jesus at church a couple of years ago. My mom and dad and Pastor Corey have helped me learn about what it means to know and love him. I am thankful that he died for my sins, for all the things he helps me with, and for the fun activities that I get to do. I want to be like Jesus by living out the fruits of the Spirit and the Ten Commandments. Carter, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. grace in the healing of our Lord Jesus Christ, and may the power of the Holy Spirit work within you, that you may be a faithful witness of Jesus. Amen. Entering the water now is Leah Ruby Thompson. I invited Christ to my life two years ago when I was going through a hard time. I'm being baptized today because I want to put my relationship with God first in my life. I love to talk to God in prayer, doing devotions, and listening to worship songs. Leah Ruby, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Receive the grace and healing of our Lord Jesus Christ. And may the power of the Holy Spirit work within you, that you may be a faithful witness of Jesus. Next in the water is Griffin Tyler Tarrant. 
I accepted Jesus at a young age and recommitted my life to him at Nazarene Youth Conference in July. I decided last week that I wanted to be baptized after reading my Bible and feeling like God was asking me to take this step. I want to be obedient and let Christ lead me. I want to spend more time in God's word and serve him and the church. Griffin Tyler, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Receive the grace and healing of our Lord Jesus Christ. May the power of the Holy Spirit work within you, that you may be a faithful witness of Jesus Christ. Amen. Entering the water now is Michael Salcedo. Pastor Ben helped me invite Christ to my life on April 19th. I used to resent God for all the bad things in my life, but I'm ready to leave the past behind and start new with the Lord. My friends and I have started a Bible study group to grow in our relationships with God and share his love with others. I really enjoy talking to people about God, and I believe he is calling me to spread his word by being a pastor. Michael. I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Receive the grace and healing of our Lord Jesus Christ. May the power of the Holy Spirit work within you, that you may be a faithful witness of Jesus Christ. Amen. Entering the water now is Haley Ann Dunnington. I was brought up in the church and accepted Christ in my life at a young age. I've been growing more in my faith and I'm ready to live my life for the Lord. I feel like God is calling me to share my faith with others by serving, listening, and praying for them. Haley Ann, you made me cry. I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Receive the grace and healing of our Lord Jesus Christ. May the power of the Holy Spirit work within you, that you may be a faithful witness of Jesus. Amen. Stand to your feet. Let's celebrate. You picked me up. You turned me around. And placed my feet on solid ground. I'm with the master. I'm with the savior. Because you healed my heart. You changed my name.
Jesus. Amen. So grateful for the transformation that we've seen today and the Spirit of God that's been in this place. Would you go in the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ? You are dismissed. been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at bethanynaz.org.